the art of persuasion, truth on immigration, and the most motivating word ever. Irishman stands with America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, America. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This, of course, is the show exclusive to the Blaze, where you come for the accent and the bald head, and you stay for the principles. I hope you're having a second, uh, great second week of January. Hopefully, the, you're not suffering from the January blues. Hopefully you're, you've enjoyed Christmas and you're, you're over us and you're starting to work on your 2019 goals. I want to have a serious conversation with you today and today's going to be like a foundational stone of for the rest of the year of what I want to do with this show. Because I want to talk to you about your culture today and I want to talk to you about American culture, I want to talk to you about Irish culture, I want to talk to you about European culture, world culture. And we all talk about different issues and the issues of the day and... Donald Trump and presidencies and Brexits and yellow vest protesters, but we need to take a step back at some point and just look around at our culture and actually have a discussion about what is happening and how things are happening. How do you make change in your world? How do you get change? How can you change people's minds, their thoughts, their words, their actions, their deeds? How can you change them? How can you influence society? Well, in my eyes, there are three ways of doing it. And obviously, those three ways can be broken up into many different subcategories. But I want to lay out the three ways I see change happening. And I mean real change. The first one is the possibility of the art of persuasion. You know, you go and you make your case. You make your points. You you present the facts. Kind of like what uh, I believe what you know, the justice system's about lawyers, you know, not modern day lawyers, but you know, the, the art of, you know, making your case, my client is innocent or guilty or couldn't have been and present the evidence and you're telling a narrative, you're telling a story of why your client is guilty or not guilty. The art of persuasion. Then there's the second kind. And there's two types of this, but I believe there's the kind of uh, the art of pressure but also the art of guilt. So the art of pressure is, you know, we all suffer this at some point in our teenage years. You know, y'all heard of peer pressure. Ah, you gotta do something. What are you, you know, the old famous line from Back to the Future. What are you, McFly, chicken? You know, that type of peer pressure. But there's also this guilt that you see. You know, if you don't do something, you're gonna be this way. And then you have the final step. The final step to make change happen. Force. I am going to compel you to act a certain way. This happens, you know, on a small level in your parents' house. You know, when you're younger, if you do something, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use force. I'm going to ground you. I'm taking your phone away. You can't drive the car. You're not going on vacation. You're not getting a Christmas present. But you also see this at a larger scale with true government. We're going to ban things. We're going to outlaw things. I would ask you to look around at society today. And ask yourself, what stage of to make that argument do we use on a regular basis? And obviously people will look at government and they'll look at politicians. But forget about politicians and the media. Just look around at social media of people who are not in the public eye. Just on Twitter, engaging with people. What, for, what level do you think they're at? Where do you see people make the arguments? Where do you see people going, I'm going to use my art of persuasion. I'm going to make the best case I possibly can and let the facts fall where they may and let the chips fall where they may. And if you don't agree with me, then that's fine. If you see things the world a different way, that's fine. But I'm going to do everything I can to make my case. 
It's like the old Margaret Thatcher quote, which I love. First we win the argument, then you win the election. That's what I believe needs to happen. But do you see that much around on social media? Do you see it in politics at all? Do you see it anywhere in politics? Do you see it anywhere in your media? Do you see it anywhere on social media? The second one is where I think you're at. And America's at, and Ireland's at, and the world is at. We love to compel people to think a certain way. We love to guilt people to think a certain way. You know, I've been I've been avoiding your politics like the plague because, quite honestly, and I'm going to talk to you about this later on in the show, I'm so bored of it. I'm, I suck at politics, but I get so frustrated because, honestly, everyone is in this binary choice where you're either with me, John, or you're against me. And there is no middle ground. And I'm just like, I'm not playing those rules. I'm sorry, I'm not playing by those rules. I'll tell you where I stand. If you disagree with me, that's fine. But that don't make me your enemy. You may think I'm your enemy, but I'm not your enemy. But I've seen so many times because I've watched your 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 debate coverage and the obviously President Trump's speech um, this week from the Oval Office, all about immigration, which we're going to talk about in the next uh, next part of the show. But I, I saw so many people today on both sides of the aisle. Love to talk about how if you don't see the way the world and America the way I do, and if you don't agree with me, you're un American. I've some people seen some people say you're a coward, you're anti American, you're treasonous. First of all, just on that side on a side point to that point, America is about freedom, right? You're about freedom of the individual, about freedom of conscience, about free speech. How Can you be, act, say you're against America if you think a certain way when America is about freedom? You know, I I had someone ask me a question the other day and it was was privately, it was by someone from the left. And it goes, and it was from not an American left, it was from a European left and they're very socialist. And it was awesome for me to be able to point out, it's like, you know, John, you don't like socialism. Like, absolutely. And I was like, but you know the great thing about freedom and why... F- he said, why is freedom better? Sorry, why is freedom better than socialism? And I said, because in a free society, in a true free society, you're allowed to be socialist. You, If you believe in true freedom, you can be socialist in a freedom to, uh, in a free country. The same can't be said about if you love freedom in a socialist country. Because that right there is the crux of the matter. It's It's about freedom for me. But let's get back to where we are. Right now in your culture, in in with the wall, the wall is the big issue right now. If you don't see things a certain way, you're anti-American. I've seen this on both sides. This is not a left-right issue. This is on both sides of the aisle. I'm seeing this in England right now. You know, Theresa May is with Brexit and a Brexit update. She's getting slaughtered. It's an absolute mess over there. It's all politics as usual. It's all grandstanding. There's calls for there's calls for people to call the general election. It's all crazy. It is I'm not even gonna waste my time updating you about it. If you want to go read it, there's plenty to read. But all that you need to know is politicians are screwing it up. But politicians on all sides of the opinion and all sides of the aisle are if you don't agree with me, you're you're anti British. You're anti establishment. And we're all boiling these down into issues. And then the last one is force. And you're seeing this right now in China. What the way China is rounding up Muslims. And the world is silent. Yeah, the Christian here who's supposed to hate Muslims is talking about it and has spoken about it, you know, prior to Christmas. We have three choices. Now, I cannot make you do a certain thing. I'm not far force. If you have listened to any shows of mine, whether it's one or a hundred, or since day one, I hope that point comes crystal clear to you. I'm not for force. I also hope that if you follow me long enough or you follow this show, I'm not for option two either. I don't want to guilt you into think a certain way. And let's not make this about politics, because people will always go, well, there's John, he's obviously on this never-Trumper thing. I'm not even going to talk about that. Let's just talk about Christianity. I'm a Christian. How do I, do I want people to be more Christian? Do I want more people to, you know, you know, love and serve Jesus? Yes. 
how do I make that case? Am I going to force people? I've never been the type of person, if you ask anyone when I've spoken about faith to them, I've never been the type, hey, you got to do something, because if you don't, you're going to hell. That's not me. That's, I never want to be that person. Oh, you have to do things. If you don't do certain things, you know, Jesus is going to condemn you. No, that's not me either. Now, I get other people do that. I'm not condemning you if that's your path. But that's what I, that's not my path. I've seen many pastors do that. Preach from the pulpit. Hey, if you don't, if you don't act a certain way and think a certain way and do things to a church, God is going to condemn you to hell. Well, that's kind of up for God to decide, not a pastor, not man. God will decide. God has this. God doesn't need anyone's help when it comes to condemning people. Who to condemn and not to condemn. Trust me on that one. If there's one thing you need to trust me on, God need no, needs no help. He got this. He got this down. I want to make this show, and I've always done this from day one. I want to make this show not about force. I want to call out force. I don't even want to make it about pressure or guilt. My aim for this show going forward is to be as persuasive as possible. Because I've been on the other side of these arguments. Let me give you an example. This anti-American stuff, if you don't see things the way I do, you're anti-American. You don't love the country I love. You don't love it as much as I do. We've all seen those arguments, right? You see, for everyone that loves me and thinks I'm great because I love America, let me flip this on your head. If you were Irish, would you think the same thing? Because I've been in lectures, I've been lectured by many people about how I should love Ireland, how I should be more loyal to Ireland, how I should do more for Ireland by Irish people, about how I'm a disgrace to this country. I've been lectured like that. Guess what? Spoiler alert, it didn't work. In fact, the more I got lectured... And this is when I was a lot younger. Now, no one bothers lecture me because I'm on this journey so long. Everyone's just like, ah, John, don't waste your time on John. He's so far past it. But when I was younger, when I was more impressionable, and I was getting lectures from people like this, guess what? It made me more the opposite. And when I was younger and impressionable, it made me the opposite, not because the opposite was true, which in my case I was lucky it was, but it made me more and more the opposite Because it was out of spice. Guilt and force does not work. Guilt and force does not work. There is a reason. There's a greatness of why I'm a Christian. Because deep down. Christianity is very, very simple. You know, everyone loves to tell me, oh, John, why are you a Christian? Oh, oh John, you know, you, you talk about freedom, but then, you, you know, you, you put yourself into servitude by an invisible being. It's really simple. Love God and love one another. It's not rocket science. You know, even if I didn't believe in Jesus or I wasn't a Christian or I didn't believe in God, I would still believe that as a principle. Love people. It's a very simple concept. But I want to make this show about making the case. Because the more and more I look at society, the more and more I look at America, I look at Europe, I look at England, I go, I'm on neither of those sides. I'm, on, I'm, on, I'm looking at what's happening, I'm like, I'm neither. I am going to make the best case I can for freedom. And yes, those it's what I call the ideals of America. I still believe America is an idea. An idea that has never been fully realized. A check that has never been fully cashed. But that has greatness inside of us. That man is meant to be free. That man is not meant to be compelled to think a certain way. Man is not meant to be forced to think a certain way. Man ain't even meant to be guilted into thinking a certain way. Man is meant to follow the pursue his own happiness or her own happiness. And man has a fundamental right to be wrong. Everything I do going forward, it's going to annoy some of you, I'm going to be honest. It's going to make some of you uncomfortable. Spoiler alert. 
I'm not going to mention everything I do. I'm not researching, well, what does Donald Trump think or what does the GOP think or what does the Democrats think? I, I don't care. Sure, I'll keep up to date on the news, but I'm going to talk to you about principles because we need to start. Sorry, there's me again. We need to make the case. I can't talk for you. I need to start making the case better. I need to be more persuasive. I need to be better at presenting. Because here's the thing. When you have a problem in society, everyone is great at pointing the finger at someone else. Everyone is wonderful at going, it's them. You see this. You know, if I could could actually say one thing to you about America's coverage this week of the speech, there was one major unifying point between left and right. You all agreed on one principle. It's the other side's fault. It's the other side's fault. The problems in America is the other side. You both said the same thing. You just replaced Republicans with Democrats and vice versa. You all agreed on the underlying principle that someone else's fault. Let me give you some advice. As I spoke to you about last week about motivation, about changing your outlook, working on your mindset, being positive. One of the things I think I said was you got to own stuff. Don't look at someone else. Don't let someone else hold you back, but don't blame someone else. If I go into a speech, which I'll be doing in February in Texas and in Tulsa, which I'll talk to you about later on in the show as well. If I go into a speech and I give a speech and everyone leaves and says, you know what, I didn't get anything from that. I didn't enjoy that. I don't know what the guy, the crazy Irish guy was talking about. I go into every speech trying to do certain things and let share a message, but also share my passion for your wonderful country, for your principles. If someone doesn't get that, guess what? That's on me. I could there go, well, you're clearly a liberal. Ah, you, You don't love America like I do. You don't understand. You're just too ignorant. No, it's on me. I did not do my job right. I could perfect everything and still not get it right. It's still on me. You have to take responsibility. I am going to do everything I can to share your principles, to share your values, to share every reason why America is exceptional. Because one of the quotes that defined me was Ronald Reagan's quote. And I ask you to think about this and look around at society and say, who is doing this? He gave this speech in 1992 for George Bush's re-election. And it was towards the end of the speech, and I quote, Whatever else history may say about me when I'm gone, I hope it will record that I appeal to your best hopes, not your worst fears, to your confidences rather than your doubts. How many people today are playing to your fears and to your doubts? I don't want to do that. I don't think, I hope I've never done that, or I hope you've never felt like I've done that. I want to play to your hopes. I want to play to your dreams and I want to play to your confidences. Because here's the truth. No spin. America, you have problems right now. We've spoken about them in the past and as sure as hell we will speak about them going forward. But here's the truth. There is no problem that you face, even a $22 trillion debt, that your people cannot solve. That freedom and principles cannot solve. There is no problem that you need the government to help you with. Is there a role for government? Absolutely. And we're going to lay out what government's role is. What is the federal government's role? What is local government's role? We're going to make the case for federalism. And I hope that on this journey, if nothing else, you will love your country a lot more. If nothing else, you will have a better understanding of why an Irishman loves your nation. Why someone like me is desperate to get over there. It's not because of your politics, trust me. If it was because of your politics, if it was just solely about your politics, I'd never want to go to America. You know, of all the places I have a dream, one of my little goals, you know, insider baseball here, one of my goals is I kind of have a bucket list of, I want to do a speech in every city around, or not every city, every state in the world, every state in America. I want to hit all 57 states to quote Obama. I want to hit all 50. That's a little goal. I don't know whether it's realistic. You know, I, I can't see, you know, places like New Jersey and New York as much as I love it. You know, California been too open to me, but we'll work on it. I'm okay with never going to D.C. again, ever. I am totally okay with that. 
If you say to me, John, you can go to America anywhere, time you want, but never to DC, I'd be like, sign me up, baby. I'm not going to miss it. I don't love your nation because of your, your politics. I sure as hell don't love it because of the media. I love it because of your people. I love it because of your ideals. I love it because of your can-do attitude. Of how you always see a brighter tomorrow. How you looked at the stars and went, Gee, I wonder could we go to the moon? How you looked at the swamps and said, Do you know what? There is no dump depth we can't get to explore. I love how you look at problems and see solutions. That is the country I love. That is the people I love. And those are the principles and ideals I will defend and promote on this show. And I hope you'll come on this journey with me. So let's get to the big issue of the week, of the month, the whole government shutdown, Donald Trump shutting down the government, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, all having this back and forth over border security, over the wall, over everything. I don't want to discuss Donald Trump's speech, I don't care. I don't want to discuss Nancy Pelosi's and Chuck Schumer's response, I could care even less. I want to remove the politics from this issue, and I'm going to do it on every issue, and I want to talk to you about the principles. You know, the frustrating thing for me is I look at the immigration debate in your country and I honestly want to go, I don't understand a lot of what both sides say. Because a lot of what both sides say is spin. Because if you look at the history of all the politicians, they've been all very loosey-doosey with the with the, where they stand. You know, there's been many funny videos and it's great to laugh at them. You look at all the videos of what certain politicians said in 2006 and 2010 and you say, "What? look what they're saying now, it's completely opposite. We're going to have to have a conversation about truth in America, about immigration. So here's the truth. And this is maybe one issue I can speak on more than a lot of other people because I've seen the other side of it. As someone who has wanted to get into your country for 15 years. It's hard. Here's the truth. Both sides love illegal immigration. The Republican Party love illegal immigration. The Democratic Party love illegal immigration. How can I get on a side when both sides love it? Left loves it for votes. Right loves it for cheap labor. The Chamber of Commerce. Yes, I called them out again. There's a certain person who loves sending me hate. Yeah, the Chamber of Commerce is not wonderful. I don't care. They both love it. They both use it. And also it gets to, you know, gets to it gets them in the news. And all media is good media. The problem is I look at the left, if I may use language of the day, and I look at their arguments, and their arguments are just asinine. It's immoral. Well, everyone has walls. I I'm in Ireland, I even have a wall around my my property. I have a wall on the front of my property and I have a wall on the back of the property. I see places everywhere have walls. Walls have been around for a long time, and you know what? They'll be around for a long time in the future. I look at the arguments of, the you know, it's immoral, and I saw the person everyone loves to mock, the Cortez lady, and, you know, how they're, you know, immigrants who are going there illegally are more American than normal Americans who want to stop them. I'm not getting into those arguments, but this is what I've seen. Likewise, I've seen some of the cases on the right. Here's the truth about the right in America, about the Republican Party. Not only do they want it, they suck at telling the position. America is at its best. America is at its best. And the people are at its best. And the people respond best when they are not told what they are against, but what they are for. It's in your Declaration of Independence. Read it. There's a reason why, you know what, everyone can tell you what they're against. Hey, I don't like them. I don't like it. I You oppress me. Read your Declaration of Independence. What's made your founders special was, before they told everyone what they were against, what issues they had with the King of England, they said, here's what we are for. When it comes to the right, quote-unquote, when it comes to the GOP, they suck at telling their position. Tell America what you are for. That's another goal I'm going to do on this show. Tell them what you are for. 
Because here's that question for you. Think of everyone that you know on the right. Everyone that you, politician that you like and admire. And I'm not just talking today. I'm talking the last 5, 10, 20 years. Go back as far as Reagan if you want to. Look at all the people in the media. How many people have made the case for legal immigration? How many people? I can count on my hand how many people I know. And if they don't work at the Blaze, or now the new Blaze with CRTV, I, 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 I really struggle to find out any. How many people make the case for illegal immigration? Because all people do is, when I hear Republicans speak about illegal immigration and the border, it's, oh, you don't like these people. What you should be doing, instead of being pigeonholed and saying, I don't like these people, these people coming into our country, what you should be doing is telling the people, we're not against those people, we are for these people. These people who waited in line, who went through the process, who respected our laws, who didn't say, you know what, screw it, America owes me something. Who went through the blood, the sweat, the tears, and the financial sacrifice, because moving to your country is not cheap to get there. But who's made that case? Going on further, how about making the case and explaining to the American people some of the hassle people have had to do to get to your country? And before someone says, well, that's you just looking for publicity and on your 15-year journey. No, forget about me. My story has been somewhat well documented. The people who will listen to me have listened to me. I've been on Glenn's show. I've been on a lot of the Blazers show. I've been on a lot of other, you know, terrestrial radio. I've been blessed to share my story. But, you know, go through some of the questions that people ask. Have you ever thought about what some of the people go through to get into your country legally? Like, let me give you an example, right? Let me just give you one example. And I'll, I'll use myself as a guinea pig right now. You know, one of the things people have always said to me is, John, you love America so much. You deserve to be here, John. You know what you should do? You should marry someone. Okay, cool. Let's forget the whole, I just married you for a visa. Let's say I found someone and I fell madly, deeply in love with her. And things got serious and, to quote Beyonce, I put a ring on it. How do you think I would feel? If you, 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 know, you should know something about me if you've listened to this long-term show. How do you think I would feel sitting in a room with a complete stranger who I have never met before, will likely, unless it's a freak occasion, will never meet again, and them asking me the following question. Hey, John, would you describe your wife's underwear to me? I'm, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, describe your wife's underwear to me. Anyone ask me that question, you know what? Chances are I'm not going to respond too favorably. That's one of the questions for a, financial vi- or for a finance visa. Or a fia- uh, fiancé visa. Sorry. I can't speak. You know me. I butchered English language. This is what I do in this show. That's one of the questions you can potentially be asked. Now, I get the reasoning for it because, you know, lots of people game the system and they just marry someone for a visa. And, hey, you know, you got to show the most, you know, your wife. You know, because presumably if you're marrying her, you know, you know what type of underwear she wears. That's one of the little things they ask you. That happens. Imagine being in a complete room with a stranger been asked that question, and you having to keep your composure. And like sometimes they can be embarrassing answers. Like you women, if you're listening, you know what type of underwear some other women wear. Imagine your wife happened. My wife happened to be one of those women. You know, I just imagine. Just let's have some fun here. You know, yeah, she wears a g-string. She wears a thong. How, like, how do you answer that question? Like, seriously, it's it's embarrassing. But that's what's happening. How about people sharing the stories? Of all the hassle people went through. All the paperwork that they had to go through. All the interviews they had to go through. Like even let's say again. whether Let's give you two examples. One realistic and one not realistic. Hey I found a wife. And I'm marrying her and I'm getting over there. Okay there's one. Second one. A realistic one. Glenn offers me a job and we went through that process. Do you know the hassle that involves? First the finance visa. Fiance visa. I keep saying finance. Sorry. Fiance visa. It takes time. It's not like, hey, oh, guess what? You know what, honey? I love you. Will you marry me? Yes, John, I love you so much. I want to marry you. I want to have your babies. Oh, great. We're all going to get married. We're all going to get to the chapel. That'll be fun. And then it's happy ever after. No, there's a lot of freaking paperwork to involve. And there's a lot of financial costs involved as well. 
And if you make one little mistake on that application form, you got to go right to the start and restart it all over again. Likewise, when Glenn offered me the job, Glenn had to say, you know what, I have this position. I'm going to give it to John. I want to offer John the job. He offered me the job. He had to go through the contracts. And then he had, to, he had to do a couple of things. One, he had to understand that, first of all, you know this job I need John to do? Yeah, he probably won't be able to do it for maybe three, four, six months. Second of all, he had to pay out some money if, he, if we had gone through the visa process. If we had been told, hey, you, this is the visa you go for. But some of them visas can cost you 10 grand, 20 grand. They are not cheap. How about telling their stories? How about telling all those people who waited in line, who answered the embarrassing questions, who paid that price to get into America? Who does that? Who who does that? Seriously, honest question. If you have an answer for me, well, this person has done it, by all means, tweet me, Freedom Disciple. I'd love to know, because I haven't seen anyone do that. I have yet to see very many people do that. But here's the other thing. Remember a couple of years ago when Obama had the illegal at the State of the Union address? What was the GOP response? Who was there, the GOP response to who waited in line, who did things the right way, who maybe left a really bad financial situation, economic ruin, came to America, became free and followed their dreams, who is now an example of someone who America wants, who's a benefit to society? Where were they? Nowhere. Why? Because they suck on this issue. Here's the truth. And here's where the other frustrating thing. Most of this issue right now is focused on the border and border security. Now, before I get into this issue, first let me answer one question. Should the border be secured? Should a wall be built? Yes, 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 yes. John, is there an example of a time where you think a wall should not be built? No. Okay, so I am not against a wall. Please don't give me any hassle. I am for the wall. Build it. Build it. 100 feet tall if you need to. I don't care. Build a wall. But when you talk about illegal immigration, the really frustrating thing for me is everyone only focuses on less than half of illegal immigration. Because the truth is, fact, the majority of illegals do not enter through the border. The majority of illegals enter your country legally and overstay their visa. That's the truth. No one ever talks about the second one. No one ever talks about the majority of illegal immigration in your country. Because if I want to be honest as an outsider, if you said, what do I want to happen? Here's what I want to happen. I want America to treat everyone equally. You know, I hear all my friends on the left going, equality. Oh, we believe in equality. We need a fairer society. Mm -hmm. How about you follow your own words then? Because right now you have a system in America that you are promoting where if you break the laws, (laughs) you're great. You're noble. You act out of love. You just have goodness in your heart. If you don't break the laws, well, you're a sucker. I want America to treat everyone equally. Because next month I'm going to, um, if you didn't know this, I'm going on a vacation. I can't wait. I'm going to go to America. I'm on vacation. I've got two weeks to take. And I'll be there in less than five weeks. I am so excited, man. I'm going to Texas. When I enter Dublin Airport, because we have immigration over here in Dublin... It's one of the advantages of why Dublin Airport is doing so well. Because many people, instead of doing immigration over in America when you land, you do it before us. It's wonderful. And then you just land at the airport and you leave. It's brilliant. I highly recommend it. But lots of people, like from Europe, fly into Dublin to get to America. Because it saves them hassle afterwards. Because sometimes the queues in America can be quite long. When I go up to go into the airport and I check in my bag and then I go down, i got to go through immigration. When I get there, i got to answer some questions. I gotta tell them where I'm going. I gotta tell them how long I'm going for. I gotta tell them the purpose of my trip. And I also have to have my pictures taken and fingerprints taken. And I gotta answer some other questions about: Am I a felon? Have I ever done drugs? And I have to. De- I might have to declare certain goods. I enter America, and they go, "Okay, you're approved." They give you a little stamp on your passport, and you go through. I am agreeing to certain terms and conditions. When I enter your country, I agree to certain things. I agree that I am on a tourist visa, and I can enter for 90 days. If I stay 90 days, 0.5 hours, I'm illegal. If I stay 91 days, I'm illegal. 92, anything past 90, I'm illegal. I also agree to the following facts. That if I overstay my visa, 
and I mean overstay my visa because it's 90 days. I, if I, let's say, my example, I'm going for two weeks. If something happened and I needed to stay longer and I needed to stay three weeks, I can extend it. I just can't stay longer than 90 days. I, if I stay 91 days, I admit I'm an illegal. I can be deported at any time. And also, I understand that if I'm deported, I can be denied entry for, into America for up to 10 years. I will agree to that n- next month. Even forget the whole immigration thing. I will agree to those terms next month. That's what you agree to. Likewise, I also agree not to work. That's another thing you're not allowed to do. So I couldn't go over there for 90 days and say, hey, guess what? I'm in as a tourist. I'm going to go work and earn money. Can't do it. I agree to those terms. If I break those terms, that's on me. I am now breaking your laws or saying, you know what? Screw America. I don't care about them. How come people never talk about these issues? How about people... People never talk about people who go on a tourist visa and overstay. How about people who go on a college visa and don't stay? Likewise, how about going back to the Glenn Beck example? Hey, Glenn offered me a job. If I had been successful, let's say I found the visa. It was for one year. After that year, I am no longer legally allowed to work in America. I would have to go back to Ireland and reapply for another year. And then I would get another year contract from Glenn and continue that on. Now, it doesn't take months the second time. You can expedite it if you're, you know, if you have a job and you have evidence sorted and you can do the paperwork while you're, while you're stateside, while you're legally working. But then after that year, you got to go back and reapply. After five years, you can apply for citizenship. All these costs add up. All these time add up. Yet if I just cross the border illegally, I act out of love. I'm more American, apparently, than some Americans who don't want me. That's what you're hearing in your culture right now. The frustrating thing for me is, I look at the arguments, I see guilt, I see pressure, I don't see persuasion. In future shows, we're going to talk more at length about a border and why a wall is needed, and why walls work. I'm going to give you the best argument that I can. But I'm also going to give you the argument for legal immigration. I've just given you the bullet points there. I look at both sides and I go, on this issue, sure, I may have more in common with Donald Trump and more in common with the Republican Party. But as you can clearly see, our views don't line up side by side. It's time to give people a choice. It's time to make the case to be as persuasive as we can. I was engaging with someone online. I want to deal with one criticism I got. I was dealing, talking to people online about this during the week. And people said, well, you know, there's a difference between um, people who cross the border illegally and the people who overstayed their visas. They, you know, the people who got their visas and entered legally were screened at some point. You know, what's interesting is how the arguments have changed. 9-11 was one of the worst days in your history. Did they enter your country via the border or did they enter legally? I get you may put a priority on the border right now because of MS-13 and drugs. I I totally get that. But my point is, the other side of illegal immigration is never, ever spoken about. Ever. Again, this is not a Donald Trump thing or a recent issue. I've been around this issue for a long time. I've been trying to get to your country for 15 years. I've been following your politics for 19 years now. 19 years. This is not a, hey, we always talked about this, but Donald Trump is prioritizing the border right now. And when we get the border done, then we'll talk about that. I've, have you ever heard people make the case for all of illegal immigration been bad? Or has it just been part of it? Because I hope that the wall is built. And I hope everyone talks about all of illegal immigration. And if I may be so selfish and a bit spiteful, I don't mind admitting. I hope that you start kicking legal immigration out people who have overstayed their visas and I hope you start with the Irish I want to thank everyone who tuned in last week's show and really enjoyed it I got some great feedback and for that thank you so much and thank you to everyone who shared the show and um, we're going to be doing more shows like that going forward I, this show is not about politics anymore 
it wasn't really ever about politics but it's it's taking major changes and for some of you that will annoy you and i apologize but this is where i'm called to go and that's what i'm going to do i'm going to be talking heavily about principles and history and about economics and about the constitution because that's where i believe the teaching needs to start i want to thank everyone who shared the show Please continue to keep doing it. We're, a new show will be released every Saturday at 12 noon Eastern. And we're on every major platform, including SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher, OmniFM, Spotify, CastBox. You name it, you're, we're there. Go search for Freedom's Disciple. If you also happen to listen on iTunes, please consider leaving a rating and a, re- and a review. It helps the algorithm. It helps us reach new listeners, and we need all the help we can get. Because we are going to make a positive difference in society. This is not about me. It's about all of us. We're going to make a positive difference in society. We've done it in the past and we're going to keep doing it. Because I believe in the art of persuasion. I believe in inspiring people to change. I believe in showing people the light, the message. And that's where I want to talk to you about. I want to finish you today's show up with a couple of questions for you. One of the things I'm going to do and is I'm going to talk about Christianity a lot more. I've always tried to stay away from it, but I can't do it anymore. I've always tried to keep it quiet. I've never hidden I'm a Christian. It's not some big secret to y'all. Y'all should know it by now, but I've kind of kept it quiet because I know there are many people here who are Jewish who listen to this show. I know there are many people who are atheists, and I know there's a few Muslims as well. <gasps> Get them! Um, but yeah, there are. And I've always tried to keep it quiet, but I believe it's time to have honest questions and honest discussions. And I believe there's a lot of things, whether you believe in Jesus or not, there's a lot of things we can learn from him. If you know the basic tenets of Christianity, and Judaism is pretty similar as well, is you live your life, you live the best life you can, and if you accept Jesus, you get into heaven. It's basic, very simple premise. And it's a question I always ask people, and you always get interested. It always starts interesting debates. And I want to ask you this question, not to talk about Christianity per se, but to talk about our world. If someone came up to you as a Christian and said, I don't believe in Jesus, how would you respond? How would you respond? Today, lots of people say, I don't believe in Jesus, or the political equivalent. I don't believe in global warming. I don't believe in government. I don't believe the GOP is truthful. Whatever it is, we all have those statements. How do we respond? Because right now, all we're doing is responding by going, Ha ha! What do you mean you don't believe in Jesus? You're some type of idiot, aren't you? It's clearly Jesus exists. You're an idiot. Of course he existed. We're not making it. And then we'll we'll do a sentence in 140 characters or less, or maybe it's 280 characters or less now, and it'll be all fancy catchphrases and a fancy meme. But we don't share the story of Jesus. We don't share the principles. Likewise, and this is more a philosophical question, and it's a Christian question. If a person lives till a very old age, let's say 85 And has lived a relatively decent life, but never went to Mass, never went to church, doesn't believe in Jesus. Maybe said Jesus was an invisible person at some stage in their life. And then all of a sudden gets terminal cancer and is told they have a couple of months to live. And goes into a church and asks to speak to a priest or a pastor. And says, I want to find Jesus. Does that person have a chance of getting into heaven? Some people will say no to that. Some people go, no, of course not. You know, he's only doing it because he's motivated by his death. He's, he's trying to hedge his bets. He doesn't really believe. Two questions. How do you know what that person really thinks? And second of all, is, it, is there ever a point that things are too late to change? I'm here to tell you I don't believe there is a time that's too late to change. I believe that if you live all your life in a decent way or even a semi-decent way and you never believe in Jesus and then all of a sudden you find him, you have a chance at salvation. I'm not going to guarantee your salvation because I don't know your life, I don't know your heart, I don't know your motives and also that's Jesus' job and God's job, not mine. 
But I'm not going to deny you. I'm going to tell you the good news. The reason I ask these questions is not to talk to you about Christianity, but to talk to you about our culture and the way we act today. I want to do everything I can to make the case to people who believe and who don't believe. I believe we have a a mission and a duty and a responsibility to share the good news. And when I say the good news, yes, I mean the good news of Christianity, but I also believe the good news of freedom. Because if you listen to this show, or you have read any part of history, you will have understood some fundamental facts. That this world has only ever known real tyranny. But there is this glimmer of hope, the good news, called freedom. Where man is allowed to pursue their happiness. I believe, no matter how many times we fail, we have an obligation to our fellow man and to ourselves and to a creator, whether you believe it's God or whether you believe it's Mother Nature or whether you believe it's Allah, to share that good news, to share it in the hope of a brighter tomorrow. That is what I believe, and I believe we need to do it more and more and more and encourage it. When it comes to which station or what principle we believe in on this show, I hope you will join me in standing for the art of persuasion. Not guilt, not pressure, and not force. The art of persuasion is the way forward and what I believe needs to happen. The second story I want to tell you is I watched a great video online the other day. And it really is changing my mindset. I'm listening to a lot of motivational stuff and some I'll share with you when the time is right. Shared a lot of it last week. But I heard and saw a speech and it really is amazingly thinking and it's really apt to me and I want to share it with you because it might be apt for you as well. The most motivating words and the most truthful words in the English language. What do you think it is? If you had to guess, what do you think it is? I'll give you a hint. It's three letters. That word is yet. Y-E-T. That one simple word changes everything and should motivate you to be better. You know, people always say to me, John, you always self-deprecate. You put yourself down. I do because it's who I am and I'm trying to change that, but I'm very uncomfortable taking compliments. And it's also all I've ever been told, if I'm being honest. I can't turn around here and go, hey, I'm good looking. Hey, I'm sexy. Just can't do it. Just as an example. If you put yet into that sentence, it's not only truthful, but it's inspiring and motivating. I'm not sexy yet. Now, whatever your vision is, whatever your goals are, think about them. And add the word yes. Hey, I'm not in that job. Yeah, okay, you're not at that job. I'm not at that job. Yes, is truthful, but it's motivating. It should inspire you. I'm not a good writer yet. It changes absolutely any sentence that you have, any thought that you have from a negative into a positive. America is not a great country. Okay, I disagree. But you use that word, it changes it. America is not a great country yet. Okay, I got you. America is not free yet. It changes absolutely everything. The more and more I see this world, the more and more I believe we have so much work to do on our mindset. We have to work on our mindset and we have to work on our hearts. We need to be open. We need to be passionate. We need to be inspiring. We need to educate. And we need to love. We need to love people. Trust me, I know this is very hard. I'm going through a few things right now. And it's really easy just to go, you know what? People suck. People just suck. I get it. I'm trying, I'm pretty positive online. And I'm very positive about the future. But there are times, and there have been times this week, where I've just, you know what? just can't do it there are times where i just want to go i just want to cry just i have zero faith in humanity there there are times i see that an awful lot if i see that on social media which is quite often that's why i'm not as active on social media i just can't do it 
I just look at humanity piling on each other and I'm, nobody's solving anything. Everyone's just yelling their talking points. I look at it and just go, we're done. I get it. But we can change. Change starts with one person. And then it grows to two people. And then it grows to three people. You use that word in your life. I hope you consider, yes, the most powerful word, the most motivating word. Whatever your dreams and goals are, if you're truthful saying you're not there, I'm not 10 stone yet. I'm not eating healthy yet. I'm not happy with my life yet. It changes absolutely everything. It works for everyone. There is not one person that cannot work for. Hopefully, hopefully you consider checking it out and using it in your daily life. No matter what it is, turn any negative into a positive. And share this with your family and friends. The word yet. It's really helped my mindset. Every time I'm down and I'm going, I can't do this, yet. I can't get to America, yet. It really works. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please follow me on Twitter, Freedom Disciple. Please consider um, following me on Facebook, Jonathan Dunn 58 Share this show. Love engagement. Love hearing from you. This show is going to keep on going. Oh, I forgot to tell you. I will be in Tulsa on February 14th. It's going to be a great speech. Um, if you want details of it, check me out. If you also happen to live in Texas, I'm confirmed to do a few events already so far. There'll be more coming in. I'm definitely in Dallas, and I'm definitely in Houston. I'm definitely in Harris County. Oh, I believe most of these events are open, so if you live in this area or live close to it, please consider coming along. Uh, we'll have a great time. I'll talk to you about America. Get to meet you face-to-face, have a bit of fun. These speeches that I generally do are, are usually well-received. They, they like hearing about America. They're not political. It's about American history, about the Constitution. And there's a Q&A afterwards, so you can ask me any question you want and try and stump me. Um, you know, hey, if you really want to throw me a good question, you know, it would be great if someone actually turned up to the event who liked me and said, here, John, I've got this question for you. Why are the Yankees the best sports franchise of all time? I would love to get that question and filibuster you all out of it. I'd talk to you for hours about that. <laughs> On a serious note, thank you so much for tuning in today. As always, we salute your police, your firefighters, your emergency personnel, and your vets. You know, the men and women who risk it all for your freedoms, for our freedoms 24-7. And if you hear nothing else today, remember this. The sentiments of Tocqueville. America is great because Americans are good. America is great because Americans are good. Until next Saturday at 12 noon Eastern, have a beautiful and blessed week. And you got this, America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network.